greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're able to tune in to this podcast. We've been offering these online services every week since the first lockdown began. Each act of worship combines archive recordings of our choir and congregational singing, together with newly recorded readings, intercessions and sermons. And these services will be continuing into the future, even though we're delighted to say that our live acts of worship will be starting again on the 28th of March, which is Palm Sunday. We keep a candle burning by the altar here each day as a sign of hope, even when our doors are closed. And when we light it, we think about you all and we give thanks for you. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you.
with you. A very warm welcome to our choral Eucharist on this Maundy Thursday as we commemorate the Last Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the end of the service, there is no blessing, but we shall leave in silence. Uh, when we reach the psalm towards the end of the service, if you could please all join in with the even-numbered verses. Now, let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Let us confess to Almighty God our sins against his love and ask him to cleanse us. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternally, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
God, our Father, you have invited us to share in the supper which your Son gave to his church to proclaim his death until he comes. May he nourish us by his presence and unite us in his love, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The epistle is taken from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 11, beginning at the 23rd verse. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, he put on his robe and had returned to the table. He said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sends them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Hi, here is the sermon for Maundy Thursday. 
In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Back in the 1990s, I lectured at an ecumenical theological institution which trained candidates for the ordained ministries of the Anglican, Methodist and United Reformed churches. With such a wide range of church traditions represented amongst the students and staff, getting a form of worship together that worked for the whole community was always a challenge, especially when it came to Holy Week. And I can remember one Maundy Thursday that proved particularly contentious, because for some students it was incredibly important to have a service that included a symbolic foot washing, where, following the example of Jesus at the Last Supper, as described in our Gospel reading, the priest washes the feet of selected members of the congregation. But others felt just as strongly that for them, that kind of practice was completely alien and off-putting. So we had to be quite inventive in how we approached this very sensitive issue. And I have to say that the result was not at all what I had expected. In fact, I now think of it as one of the most memorable services I have ever attended. What happened was this. During our service on Maundy Thursday, two chairs were placed, one towards each end of the altar rail, in front of the congregation. And by each of these two chairs, there was a jug of water, a bowl, and a towel. And everything that happened next was entirely voluntary. Anyone who felt moved to take part could come forward when one of those two seats was vacant, sit down and have their feet washed. But then that person would in turn kneel down and wash the feet of whoever it was who sat down next. And so it went on. This meant that no one individual was playing the part of Jesus. But we really were doing exactly as the Gospel commanded us, washing one another's feet, ministering to one another. None of us had any idea whether this would work or even whether anyone would want to take part. So what did happen took us all completely by surprise. Because as it unfolded, the power of that simple ritual in which each individual had his or her feet washed and then washed the feet of another started to affect all of us. We all got caught up in it, so much so that my memory is that by the end, every single member of that congregation, even those who had initially expressed the strongest objections to any kind of symbolic foot washing, ended up choosing to take part. Now, at the time, we had about 55 students in training and I prided myself on enjoying a very good relationship with almost all of them. In fact, there were really only two individuals out of the entire student body who I really did find immensely difficult. 
And as I watched each person leave their place in the congregation to go forward to be washed and to wash, a rather uncomfortable realisation began to dawn. Because without any kind of formal direction, it was all voluntary, a particular sequence was starting to emerge regarding the order in which individuals moved to the front. And I could see that if that pattern continued, I was going to end up having my feet washed by one of my two least favourite individuals. This was a female student who was about my own age, who always seemed to treat me, a staff member, as if I were a kind of rival. I found her very uncooperative and dismissive in her conduct towards me, and she seemed to do everything she could to make it clear that she had little liking or respect for me, which of course generated a very negative reaction in me towards her. So I have to say, it really was with a sinking heart that when my turn came, I went forward and took my seat on one of the chairs at the front as she knelt at my feet. But I was completely unprepared for what happened next because she washed my feet beautifully with extreme care and attentiveness and delicacy. It was as if in that momentary encounter, I was able to glimpse another side of her. Indeed, I have to say that looking back, that small incident did make an actual difference to the way in which I thought about her and related to her subsequently. It was as if for the first time I experienced the power of such a simple symbolic action. The kind of action which is not re merely reenacting something from the past, but rather bringing into being in the present something very new and very real. Such symbols, such symbolic actions, really can bring about change. And in that moment, without being able to put it into words, I felt that I was getting much closer to the true meaning and the true significance of Maundy Thursday. So, finding myself profoundly moved and rather taken aback by that unexpected moment of revelation and grace, I myself in turn knelt down, ready to wash the feet of the next person to take that seat. And when I looked up to see whose feet I would be washing, I simply could not believe it. I mentioned a moment ago that there were two students in the college whom I found it immensely difficult to work with. Having had my feet washed by one of them, I now found myself facing the challenging prospect of having to wash the feet of the other one, who was a man whom basically I regarded as rather stupid and who irritated me beyond belief, so much so that I even found his presence in the room annoying. But kneeling down on that Maundy Thursday evening, I felt duty-bound to wash his feet 
with all the care and the attentiveness that the previous woman had shown to me. And in so doing, I found myself actually having to acknowledge and to face all the negative feelings that I had felt towards him and the very ungracious way in which I routinely treated him and spoke about him. And I'm embarrassed to have to admit the contempt that I felt for him. And I have to say that suddenly in that moment, I felt very ashamed. The Last Supper, like so many of the events of Holy Week, is a strangely complex occasion. At one level, it was an event of unprecedented intimacy, as Jesus and his disciples sat together, sharing a simple meal to mark a religious festival. Something that remained unspoken bound them together that night as never before. There was a closeness, a sense of companionship, a sense of all that they had shared together. And that intimacy found a powerful and memorable expression that night, not through words, but through the actions of Jesus. For, as we heard in our reading from John's Gospel, Jesus took off his robe, put a towel around him, and washed his disciples' feet. Foot washing was the task of the most menial of domestic slaves. And yet, here was their Lord, God's chosen one, the Messiah, doing it for them. Little wonder that Peter is both embarrassed and outraged. Everything in his world is suddenly and perplexingly being turned upside down. I will never let you wash my feet, he cries. But Peter, you do not yet understand, says Jesus gently. This is how it has to be. You must let me wash your feet and you in turn must wash one another's feet. And it is there, at the very heart of that moment of wonder and intimacy, that the shadow of the cross begins to fall. And as our service progresses this evening, so that shadow will increase until, like the disciples, we are left in silence and deepening darkness to watch and to wait until the terrible descent into the chaos and desolation of Good Friday truly begins. For there, at the Last Supper, sharing in that closeness and companionship with Jesus, is Judas. Jesus has just knelt before him and washed his feet too. Jesus has just washed the feet of his betrayer. In so doing, he surrenders himself to the destiny that awaits him, not with anger or with fear or with resistance, but with love and gentleness and compassion. And in the breaking of the bread, and the sharing of the cup, 
we are given our first glimpse of the horror that lies ahead for Jesus, his shattered body, his shed blood. And for Jesus himself, the long, lonely journey towards pain and humiliation and death begins here. A journey of increasing isolation, awaiting his, his arrest in the garden, Jesus embraces his destiny by an act of sheer strength of will. Father, let this cup pass by me, but not as I will, but as thou wilt. And yet, when on this Maundy Thursday evening, we too share the Lord's Supper, as the first disciples did 2,000 years ago, our attention is directed not only to the horror of Good Friday, but also beyond it. For in the bread and the wine that is given to us and given for us, we are also granted a glimpse of something more, a foretaste of the heavenly banquet, a promise that something unimaginably wonderful awaits us at the end of this journey. But like the disciples, a hard road lies ahead of us before we reach that place. Like them, we too must pass through the desolation and despair and hopelessness of Calvary before we can discover the true wonder of what lies beyond it. So, have courage and take heart as we too prepare to walk the way of the cross. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Christ. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead 
and the life of the world to come. Amen. Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, because having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And on the night before he suffered, sitting at table with his disciples, he instituted these holy mysteries, that we, redeemed by his death and restored to life by his resurrection, might be partakers of his divine nature. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. But you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that in this wonderful sacrament you have given us the memorial of your passion. Grant us so to reverence the sacred mysteries of your body and blood that we may know within ourselves and show forth in our lives the fruit of your redemption. For you are alive and reign now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, 
Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
My God, my God, look upon me. Why hast thou forsaken me? And art so far from my help, and from the words of my complaints. And thou continuest holy, O thou worship of Israel. They called upon thee and were holpen. They put their trust in thee and were not confounded. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out their lips and shake their heads, saying, He trusted in God, but he will deliver him. Let him deliver him, if he will have him. But thou art he that took me out of my mother's womb. Thou wast my hope when I hanged yet upon my mother's breasts. Oh, go not from me, for trouble is hard at hand, and there is none to help me. They gape upon me with their mouths, as it were a ramping and a roaring lion. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my gums, and thou shalt bring me into the dust of death. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They stand staring and looking upon me. But be not thou far from me, O Lord. Thou art my succor. Haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my God from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth. Thou hast heard me also from among the horns of the unicorns. Oh, praise the Lord, ye that fear him. Magnify him, all ye of the seed of Jacob, and fear him, all ye seed of Israel. My praise is of thee in the great congregation. My vows will I perform in the sight of them that fear him. All the ends of the earth shall remember themselves and be turned unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before him. For the 
for such as be fat upon the earth have eaten and worshipped. My seed shall serve him. They shall be counted unto the Lord for a generation. When the disciples had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus prayed to the Father, if it is possible, take this cup of suffering from me. He said to his disciples, how is it that you were not able to keep watch with me for one hour? The hour has come for the Son of Man to be handed over to the power of sinful men. Come, let us go. Christ was obedient unto death. Go in his peace. <laughs> 